episode of Bible Study. I hope you have been having a wonderful week, um, a wonderful month, a wonderful day, whatever you're having. I pray that it gets better if it's not good. Um, I am so happy you are here. Welcome to Bible Study. In case this is your first time, I'm Essence, your host, and Bible Study is a podcast and YouTube channel that basically breaks down the word of God. Like I am smelling the tea on what really went down in the word of God and dispelling myths out here. Okay. Because the Bible is not boring. And I hear people say that, but it's not. And so I'm here to let you know that there is some stuff that really went down in the word and I am here for it. Okay. Not only is the word applicable to our everyday lives, like even though it was written over 2000s of years ago, over 2000 years ago, thousands of years ago, the Bible was written and it is still applicable to today. Okay. It like has nuggets of wisdom. It is God's word and it is him getting messages to us, him sharing with us, him sharing his promises through people who wrote it, who wrote it, um, inspired by God. And so I encourage you to read the word. Um, we go through the Bible and I am breaking it down and spilling the tea on what really went down because people are not aware. Like there's stories that you heard, but like we dive a little deeper. And so that's what I'm here for. And that's what we're doing. And I hope you're blessed. We've been in the book of Genesis. That's where we started and that's where we still are. And today we are in Genesis 19. Now I broke this up into three parts because there is a lot of stuff that's going on in Genesis 19. So we started back, I believe in like Genesis two or three, and we've gone through each chapter thus far. And we talked about some stuff. And one of the things that's super amazing to me is how God reveals himself through every single thing that we've read. It shows you more of his character, more of who he is. And that's why reading the Bible is so important. I know that we go to church or if you don't go to church, if you are online ministry where you listen online or whatever, um, you have your favorite pastor that you listen to, whatever your situation is, it's always important to read the word for yourself. It's one thing to hear things. That's great to hear other people's perspective and how God revealed things to them. But when it comes down to it, it's important for us to have a relationship with God for ourselves. And so I always say it and today's no different. You need to know what the Bible says for yourself. You need to build that relationship with God for yourself. You can't have a secondhand relationship with God. You can hear of him and hear about him and still not know him. And so that's why it's important for us to read the Bible for ourselves. I don't care if you're if you have an amazing pastor, I don't care if you listen to the most amazing people who really know how to break down the word, God wants to speak to you and he wants to speak through his word to you. And so it's important for us to get into this word and see what God's revealing to us. And of course, before we get started, I am going to pray and then we're going to get this show on the road. So dear most gracious and heavenly father, I thank you so much for allowing us to come together and study your word. Thank you for the opportunities you've afforded to us, Lord God. I pray that you continue to forgive us, Lord God, of our shortcomings, of our sins, of the things that we're doing that's not pleasing to you. I pray that you help us to turn from those things that are not of you, Father God, reveal them to us, help us to turn from those things and to live righteous lives according to your word, Lord God, and live them unto you and be pleasing to you. So God, I pray that you give us deep revelation, deep understanding of your word, even for the simplest stories, Lord God, help us to gain nuggets from them. I pray that the words that we read, the things that we read according to your word from your word, Lord God, will 
we can apply it to our lives, Lord God, and live for you. So I pray you have your way. These are your words that go forth, Lord God, and you're just using me as a vessel to do what you called me to do. I give your name, glory, honor, and praise because you definitely deserve it. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray and bless every person who hears this. Amen. So you guys, I hope you are ready to jump in. So if you listened last week or if you didn't, we talked about the destruction of what well, we're getting into the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. So um, we're in Genesis 19 now, but um, the week before last, we were in Genesis 18. And the last thing that we read before getting into 19 was Abram, I'm sorry, Abraham going before God and really interceding and praying and be, and he was like, Lord, because God revealed that he was going to um, to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of the outcry against it. And, and God let him in on it because of the promises that he had for Abraham. So Abraham was like, whoa, in his mind, I'm guessing he was like, my nephew lives over there in Sodom and I don't want anything bad to happen to him. Like he's my family. And so he stood before God and he was like, look, if there's like 50 righteous, will you please, you know, spare the city? And God was like, okay, fine. If there's 50 righteous. And then he was like, okay, 40. And he kept going down in five increments, like 45, um, 40, 30. And he just kept going down until he got to 10. He was like, I'm sure he stopped because he was thinking like, there has to be 10 righteous people. Well, God was like, okay, if there's 10 righteous people, then I won't destroy it. But um, I'm sending my uh, messengers to go check this place out and see if what has been happening and what people have been saying about it is true. And so they went and it was true. The last thing that we read in, in uh, Genesis 19, right before we ended was the angels of the Lord, what are believed to be angels of the Lord, the messengers of the Lord who came and stayed with Lot were in his home and the men of the city came up to his door and was like, let those, give us those men that came into the town because we want to sleep with them. And Lot was trying to plead with them. He offered his virgin daughters. He was like, whoa, like, no, the only reason they're under my roof is the only reason they're here under my roof is because I asked them to be like, he was like really trying to protect them excuse me, protect him. And the men of the city were not having it. That shows you how corrupt the city really was. So the things that God heard, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah, that stuff was true. Okay. And so, um, they had, so then they were like, look, like, who are you to judge us? You're not even from here. Cause remember Lot wasn't from there, but that's the place he chose to reside. And, um, it was like, he had a holier than now mindset, according to the people. And I'm paraphrasing. Okay. But y'all know what I'm saying. Um, and so they were like, we're going to do worse to him than what we're going to do to the dudes inside. And they were trying to break down the door. The angels pulled him inside the door or the men of God pulled him inside the door and they blinded the men and the men still tried to get to the door and to get to lot so that they could mess with those men. So that shows you how corrupt the place was. That's where we left off. And so today we are going to talk about the actual destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. So I hope you're ready. So God, have your way. All right. So let's start now. I'm going to read a little bit in case you're not familiar with the ways that I do things because I switch it up sometimes. I'm going to read a little bit. I'm going to talk about it a little bit and I'm going to give you what God gave me. Okay. If God gives you something, leave it in the comments. I'd definitely love to hear it. Or you can email me at Bible study at gmail.com. And that's B-I-B-L-E-S-T-U-D-T-E-A at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Okay. So let's get started. We're going to start reading Genesis 12 through 13. Then the men said to Lot, 
Have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So they're letting Lot know. They're like, look, we're about to destroy this corrupt place that you live in. If you have any people that you know, your family, that you want to get out of here and be protected with you, then you need to let them know, and y'all need to make moves to get out of here. And I mean, that was the message that he got. I mean, I would be afraid and be like, I would try to tell everybody about, look, you need to get it together. Let's go. It's about to go down. But let's read what happens in verse 14. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who had married his daughters and said, get up, get out of this place for the Lord will destroy the city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. This is not a time for jokes. Now, if y'all know me, I don't play for, I wouldn't play with something like this, right? If you know me, I'm not coming to you acting like God's about to mess some stuff up and destruct this land. And he's not about to do it because I don't believe that's something to play with. But his sons-in-law, they thought sons-in-law, sons-in-law, however, they thought this was, a, they thought he was just playing with them. They were so far gone. And that just showed me of how important it is to have a relationship with God because you need to know and be able to recognize when people actually have a word from you and when they have a word and it's not for you. You need to know when it's actually from God and when it's not from him because people can tell you anything. But if it's truly from the Lord, then you knowing God will recognize it or he'll reveal it to you and open your eyes so you can see it. But these people were probably just part of the number, right? They're part of the corruption that's going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. This makes me think of a couple of things though. So it's important to have, like I said, have a relationship with God so that you can recognize his voice when he's speaking, or you can recognize when people are speaking on God's behalf with a message for you or with a, a warning for you. Cause I'm not playing. Like if there's a warning from the Lord, please don't play with me. I'm not playing. I'm going to do what God has revealed to me and I'm going to step out and trust him when and where, you know, it applies. And so as for followers of Christ, this is um, what we should be doing. We need to think about real life right now. Well, this is real life, but think about our lives in this current season. We need to be letting people know about what's coming. You know, we need to be like, look, end times are coming. Jesus will return. And if you're not following with him and you're not, you're not following him and you're not messing with him like that, you're not making him Lord over your life. Yeah, he's a loving God, but he's also just and fair and you know he lets a lot of stuff go when we repent and turn from those things but if you're like I'm not choosing him I want to do my own thing I want to live my own life I'm not hearing that then when it's time for him to return and he comes to get the elect or the people that have accepted him and you're not in the number it's going to be too late then you know then it's time for destruction and you're over there lollygagging thinking you're having a good time but that's why it's very important to know who God is. So let's read verses 15 through 16. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are there, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set, and set him outside the city. Now, when I read this, I was like, what? First of all, you're giving me a directive. You are telling me 
that by God's grace and mercy, you are being delivered from the destruction that is coming. So get out of here. That's what he said. Tell your people, tell your family, and y'all need to get out of here. So then I guess he goes to sleep and he wakes up. I'm guessing like the next morning he they say arise, make moves, move fast, get out of here. Like why do, why do they keep having to tell a lot and his family to get out of here? Like as if they didn't believe that this was really about to go down. I believe that they believed it, but it said that he, they lingered. It came to a point to where they had to guide Lot, his wife, and their two daughters out of the land because they were lingering. They were lollygagging, procrastinating, taking their time. So you know how to look up linger because I need to break this down so that we all understand it. And I know we hear linger and we know what it means, but let me tell you what the dictionary says linger means. Lingering is staying in a place longer than necessary because of a reluctance to leave. If you know where you're at is about to implore, it is about to, like some stuff is about to go down. It's really about to hit the fan and you are lingering around as if what's coming, like you're just, I don't know. Is it lazy? Is it procrastination? So earlier um, when I was reading this, I thought about how when God gave instruction to Abraham, right? Um, there was like this parallel between Lot and the family. Um, and when God gave the warning to Noah, remember back when we studied Noah and um, God told him he was going to destroy the whole earth. And he was like, it's going to be a flood. Noah didn't know what a flood was, but Noah was like, look, say less. I got you. If you're saying this is about to go down and I need to build this ark the way that you're telling me to do it. I'm about to do it. And he trusted God and he believed God and he did what he was supposed to do immediately. Well, Noah also told his sons about what was about to go down and his sons, man, they weren't playing. They were on that ark, but lot. It's so interesting that he's lingering when God tells him to go. And then it's also interesting that his sons-in-law were like, nah, it just shows you how corrupt the place was. It shows you, like, it makes me think about the witness that Lot had around his family. Like for him to share something that God, you know, revealed to him or that messengers of the Lord came and shared to him and they just had no parts of it. I mean, I know that sometimes there's people in our families that we'll share things with and they're just not trying to hear it, especially when it comes to the Lord. But we need to pray because we don't want our families to be in situations where Christ returns and it's just too late. You know, it's just like, look, I'm like, we can't wait until it's time to go to start telling them. We need to start praying for them now. We need to start telling them about Jesus now. We need to start telling them about what the word says now. We can do it in love. We don't have to get on their nerves with it. They can take it how they want, but we need to do our part because it would just be horrible for a situation to arise. And they'd be like, you can take your family with you. And then you tell your family and they're like, nah, I never heard this nonsense. You're joking. Like, I don't know because some people won't believe you, but. It's just important for us to make sure that we're laying that foundation and preparing the way for those that we need to prepare the way for. So continue to pray for your family. Another parallel that I noticed was when Abram, this is before Abram became Abraham, when God spoke to him and was like, you need to leave the land and go to a place that I will show you. You need to leave your family. You need to leave your your country. You need to leave your father's house and you're going to go to a land that I'll show you and I'll bless you. He gave him a specific instruction to get on out of there. And Abraham got on out of there. He understood the assignment. He made moves immediately. And that is the difference. And that's why Abraham was blessed. It wasn't until Lot 
was no longer part of Abraham's like where they were residing and everything before Abram even got like the full promise of you know what God was telling him not until he departed from Lot and the thing that's interesting is God told him to leave his family you know not his wife or anything or his things but his family he took Lot with him but I'm sure that that's a story for another day so I just thought it was interesting when you see Abraham and what he did he obeyed immediately because God said go and he was like all right I'll go he didn't even know where he was going with Lot they're like look you need to get out of here because I am going this land will be destroyed and you in it if you don't get out of here and Lot's over there lingering so he was hesitating and being obedient to God now it's so easy to be judgmental and be like Lot what are you doing because that was my thought but then it's like the conviction will hit you right you're like you have to really think about it is Lot the only one who hesitates and lingers when God has given them instruction to go somewhere else I think not I'm guilty so there's been instruction that God's given me and I've really like let it kind of marinate and I've thought about it and I was like you know I need to do this and I just procrastinated on it and I did not do it And I was like, and then a situation arose and it was like, push comes to shove. Now's the time. And I wasn't prepared. Let's not be like that. Let's not be not, let's be prepared for what God has us, especially if he gives us warnings, especially if he sends messengers to come and, you know, protect us. Like, let's not be over there lingering. Let's be obedient. When God says move, we need to move. Okay. So before we're holier than now, let's take a look at our own lives because there has been times where we've allowed procrastination and laziness and whatever, whatever else get in the way of us being obedient to God immediately. So let's not do that anymore. We need to know that it could cost us our life. We don't know that. And I think sometimes we take it for granted, but we don't know what's life and death when it comes to the instructions of God. Sometimes there's things that we do and um, or God will instruct us to do. And then we'll be like, okay, I need to do it. And we'll just keep thinking about it like analysis paralysis. Keep thinking about it, never moving forward, just thinking about it or feeling like, oh, no, it's just so much. But God, if he's telling us to go, then he's going to make sure we're good in it, even if it's hard, even if it's a challenge, even if it's not easy, like he's still going to make sure that we're equipped to fulfill what he's called us to fulfill. So we just have to be obedient in that sense. So let's not be judgmental in this moment and let's take, pick up the mirror and look at ourselves and say, okay, Lord, if there's areas in my life where I am procrastinating and being lazy and not moving when you tell me to move, then help me to do better. Help me to move forward when you tell me to move forward. And if it's an issue of why you're not moving forward is maybe because you're not spending time with God to recognize his voice, to be able to make moves when he tells you to, then that needs to be the prayer. Like, Lord, I don't necessarily recognize when it's you speaking. I, sometimes I think it's me. So show me, reveal it to me, God, so that I can be obedient to you immediately. Sometimes God says, wait, but sometimes he says, go. And when he says, go, we need to be ready to make moves. Okay. So let's go to read um, Genesis 19 verse 17. All right. And it says, so it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, escape for your life. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. So sometimes that we're the things that we're involved in, we just got to let go of like that. I mean, we have to escape things 
this was like their very life depended on it. We may have to escape, escape things, people, places, relationships, whatever. But sometimes we just have to go. Like I said, um, I referenced earlier when Abram got instruction from God, God told him to leave his family. Because, you know, sometimes I feel like certain things are off limits. He didn't tell him to leave his wife. OK, he said, leave like the rest of them, though, like the family. I didn't have kids. He said, you need to leave them behind. But it's because some people can't go with you where you're going. Like God may need to take you to a new level that he's not calling that individual to or they're not prepared to go to. And if you are bringing them along, you may very well hinder your blessing. But sometimes there's things that we just have to make moves on and let go of. That's why we don't store up treasures on heaven. I mean, in earth, but instead we store them up in heaven. It's because we can't take that stuff with us. And like, you know, cause I know me, I probably be like, Oh my goodness, my home. Oh my goodness, this, Oh my goodness, my, you know, whatever. But I don't want to be like that. We shouldn't be like that. These things can't go with us. If God, if it was like life or death and God was like, you need to go, I'm about to destroy the place that you're in this city. Everybody's going down except for you and your family. So get out of here. Listen, we better make moves and get on out of there because I do not want to be stuck in the number when God gave us a warning. So like I said, our very life can depend on it. We don't know what instructions he's giving us can be life or death. He may not always say I'm going to destroy it, but he may just say you need to move to this place and you not you being stubborn or not wanting to or me, whatever us not being obedient in the moment could cost us our life. It could cost us relationships. It can cost us our family. It can cost us any and everything, but we don't know in advance that it will cost us that. So we should treat everything like it is life or death and we should just trust God with it. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm far from it. And I know that I don't do that appropriately, but it's something that we need to start doing. We need to trust God differently. We need to be taken to a new level in him, in his word, in what he's telling us, in our understanding, in the wisdom that we obtain from him. And if we need help doing that, all we have to do is ask God and he will give it to us. So God is always worthy and he always makes sure that we have everything we need to fulfill the assignment that he's placing within that he's calling us to. So even if we were not necessarily qualified, when God calls us, he will qualify us. When we're making moves and being obedient, he will make sure that we're equipped to do whatever it is that he's called us to do. So he's definitely worthy and he's trustworthy and he's just worthy of our trust and our, um, us being, you know, having that faith in him and stepping out and trusting him. And if you know, you know, and if you don't, then you need to learn. So that's why you need in your word. Okay. So let's read verse 18 through 20. Then Lot said to them, please know my Lords, Lords. He's just saying like saying, um, you know, that's a, a term of respect that they used to use. Um, when you're looking in the Bible and you see Lord in all caps, that's when it's talking about God. If you see Lord in like lowercase or a capital L and then lowercase, it's not talking about like God father. Okay. So indeed now your servant has found favor in your sight and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life, but I cannot escape to the mountains lest I don't know if I finished reading. Um, sorry. Let me go back. So in verse 17, I'm going to reread it and then I'm going to go into, um, 18, 19 and 20. So in verse 17, it said, so it came to pass when he was brought, when he, 
when they had brought them outside that he said, escape for your life. Do not look behind your you nor stay anywhere in the plain escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed i think i forgot that line okay so verse 18 so he's telling him look you need to escape to the mountains because don't stay in the plains y'all will lose your life <laughs> you will be destroyed with this land and with these people so then verse 18 then lot said to them please know my lords indeed now your servant has found favor in your sight and you have increased your mercy which you have shown me by saving my life, but I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. It is not a little one, and my, is it not a little one, and my soul shall live. So they're already being, like, God's already showing mercy. He's already being gracious. He's like, they're like, you need to go flee to the mountains, you and your girls and your wife, you and your girls, all of them. Okay. You guys need to go and flee to the mountains so you can be safe. So that then we're going to destroy this land. And now he's coming back and he's like, please, no, you've already had mercy on me, please. Like I won't make it there. Evil will overcome me. If I go, if I try to get to the mountains, um, please just let me go to this little city called Zoar. And listen, God did not have to grant this. The angels did not have to allow this. Um, it's It was giving me lazy vibes. Like, I was like, why? Like, why won't you? Like, okay, the, the city is about, where you live is about to be messed up. Like, it's about to be destroyed. And you are trying to make, you're trying to negotiate in this moment. First, they had to, first you were lingering. They had to say, hurry up and get out of here. Wake up or arise, get up and go. So you're already lingering. Then it says that they had to grab your hand and lead you outside the land. And now you're saying, please don't make us go to the mountains. Instead, can we go to here? Now, look, that's why we should always take our requests before the Lord, because sometimes he'll grant them. And the worst that can happen is he's like, no, but it's not even worse because he knows best. Right. But in this situation, they let him. Um, it's just interesting to me that he was bold enough and had the audacity to ask. But we should always come before the Lord and bring our requests to him. And if he tells us no, that's okay too. But know that he knows best. So it's not because he has something against you. It's because he knows what's best for you. And he knows what is okay for you to just like, you know, it's not life or death for you to go here or not. Or not. I mean, it, it could have just been the mercy that he had. That's what it said. He was merciful on. They, God was merciful. The angels or the messengers were merciful. But you never be afraid to take something before the Lord because God allowed it. So verse 21 said, and he said to him, see, I have favored your you concerning this thing also, and that I will not overthrow the city for which you have spoken, which was Zoar. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. Okay, so I already told you. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and that grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. So God is over here being super merciful. He is delivering Lot, his wife, and his two daughters to He's like, y'all can get out of here, be safe. Don't look back. 
go over here and flee to the mountains and they were like please lot you know he was like please like let me flee to zoar and they're like fine flee there and then his wife was disobedient and looked back now there's power in prayer because to me whenever like when i'm seeing this and he's like oh please i i take it as like praying or um you know lifting up a petition or a request before the lord and um that's what we should be doing all the time of course it's just like lord help me like whenever you're experiencing something that's how we pray without ceasing it's like always lifting up every concern and everything to god it sounds like a lot it's really not so it's like um you're going through your day and then say you're at work or something and somebody rubs you the wrong way and you're you're ready to lose it and you say lord help me keep it together help me not let that allow that to affect me keep moving then you do something else and then you like stub your toe and you're like oh that hurt and you're instead of you know cussing or whatever you would normally do you're just like oh lord touch me heal me lord you're great <laughs> you know give him praise and then um you're doing something else and you don't know how to figure something else out and you're like lord help me to do this or um you're you know he calls you to do something you're like lord this seems really difficult i really need your help can you help me or can i go here and then he's like okay so um i just think that it's okay, I guess, that he's being lazy in this moment. Um, <laughs> but we're not always being lazy, but it just seemed like he's already delivering you. But God does that to us, right? He delivers us and we still are asking for more. But there's times where he honors it and there's other times where he's like, no, you need to do it. Sometimes he allows things to happen according to what we're asking. So he shows us and then we end up having to go back to him and be like, okay, Lord, the way that you wanted to do it is how we should have done it anyway. So let's do that. And I feel like we saw that with Moses when Moses didn't want certain people destructed, um, you know, destroyed in the land, even though their behavior was not in alignment with God. And then God was like, fine. And then they end up tripping out and showing that what God said in the first place needed to happen. And then it ended up happening. So God's gracious. God's merciful. He allowed them to go. But then I guess it's like, where does he draw the line? Because now she's looking back. And I was like, what is the significance? I had to look it up. I was like, let me do some research. What's the significance of his wife looking back? And so I looked up the significance of um, Lot's wife turning back. And I'm going to read what I found. Um, looking back and turning into a pillar of salt. So when I was researching this, it is often interpreted as a warning against disobedience and attachment to this, our sinful pasts. It's said by looking back, Lot's wife may have shown a longing for the sinful lifestyle of Sodom or reluctance to fully embrace God's guidance to move forward. So this shows us how we really need to be careful. We need to be careful in like being obedient to what God is guiding us to do and not desire our past sinful nature or lifestyles or long for those um, things, but instead to desire what God has for us. And if you feel that you are struggling with that and you're like, I really am for God, but sometimes I miss that old lifestyle or the things that I did, but she looked back as if like she was turning back to those things. Don't turn back to those things. We should thank God for delivering us from those things. And as we get grow closer and closer to God, those things that we used to do, 
like I feel like light is shed on those things. Like we start seeing like, wow, Lord, I tried to fill these gaps or this void that I felt because there's a place reserved only from you. And I was filling it with these things. Some people try to fill it with drugs. Some people try to fill it with um, promiscuity. Other people try to fill it. Like there's so many different things that people try to fill the voids that they experience. But there's this place that is only reserved for God. And when we fill that place with other things, like we are not, we're missing out on so much. So when you actually have God, when you turn from those things, you're like, wow, it's really great on this side of things. It's great knowing that I'm worthy of God's love and knowing that because Jesus paid the price and knowing that like I've been created for purpose on purpose by our creator and knowing that like all those things I used to do and called fun, like I can have so much fun in the Lord. Like people don't be knowing us followers of Christ still be having fun. It is not all, it's not boring. Like we do stuff. It's just, we not, you know, over there sinning or we shouldn't be. Okay. So it's <laughs> off on my tangent, but if any of us ever struggle with this, we have to lift it up in prayer to God and say, God, just help me, help me to desire the things that you want for me and help me to ensure that you are the center of my life and you are, you know, in control of all things. So let's read, we need to get our minds right. Okay. So let's read verses 27 through 29. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. So this is, if you guys have been trekking along, this goes back to um, the end of Genesis 18, when Abraham was before the Lord interceding for Lot. So then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And he saw and behold, the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities of which Lot had dwelt. So this shows you, and I've said this before, the power of praying for people, the power of interceding on behalf of others, because we don't know if Lot would have been saved and him and his family would have been sent out of that city if it wasn't for the prayers of Abraham. Abraham petitioned before the Lord that the righteous in the city be saved, which covered his his nephew Lot. And that's why Lot was saved. Lot petitioned before the Lord, you know, even though, you know, representation of that was the angels, uh, the followers, the, the people who are sent on assignment for God. He petitioned before them. And they had grace on them and mercy. And they're like, fine, you can go to Zoar. Um, but it's just really important for us to make sure that we are praying. We have to pray for believers. We have to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to pray for those who are lost and don't know God. We have to pray for even the those individuals who would be considered the, you know, not the favorable one in the story. Um, and really just ask God to, in our stories of life, and really ask God to touch them and soften their hearts so that it, they're open to receive Christ. And we, we as followers of Christ really need to be led to do those things. We got, we have to pray for people like this world is a hot mess. Look at what went down. I mean, this isn't far-fetched like 
yeah you know you're like oh my gosh this is so listen this world is a hot mess look at the stuff that be going down and that we experience in the world every day the things that we see the things that we have just become so accustomed to that we shouldn't be accustomed to but because of sin and nonsense that's happening in this world it's our norm um we need to pray we need to pray. Sometimes people wonder like, what can I do? I have no idea how I can get involved, even with like these wars going on or even just in general, like the nonsense that we see, the destruction that's already taking place in this world. Like it is a hot mess. And so we really have to be used by God, um, led by Holy Spirit, guided by God to pray and put up a word for those who need him or who may be feeling voids other ways. We can't just be letting this stuff go rampant and not have anything to say, not have any prayers. You know, we really need to lift them up before the Lord and ask God to really touch them so that they can accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and feel that completeness and that wholeness that you get from, you know, God having a relationship with him. So it's very important that we make sure that we're praying for others and you never know what is happening or what your prayers will do. Because thank God for the people who prayed for us, right? That we don't even know about, like those who are interceding on our behalf, who are lifting up our names before the Lord and their prayers could have kept harm from us, kept us out of danger's way, you know, like kept us from getting in an accident on the road or kept us from being abused by someone or kept us from, you just never know. Like I pray for my babies all the time that like God protects their bodies and their minds, their spirits and their hearts. You know, he protects their innocence for as long as possible. And like, who knows the prayers that have gone before the Lord on our behalf? You may think like, I don't even know God. Like this was just something I was checking out to see because we used to talking about spilling the tea in the Bible. And when it comes down to it, like somebody probably prayed for you, possibly. You never know. Like I pray for strangers. I pray for the people who live in my neighborhood. So I'm, I know I'm not the only one, but I'm just saying that's the importance and power of prayer. You don't know what people are keeping back. The reason why it said God remembered lot. And that's why he was, um, God had mercy on him. And so thank God for the people who remembered us, who put our names before the Lord. And because of that, God had mercy on us before we're saved or even after, but what we need to do as followers of Christ is to also lift up others, our family members, our friends, the people we may not care for that much, the people who look like they're used by the enemy, those who are involved in nonsense, because God can reach them. But, you know, we need to pray that and do our part. And I think that's part of our part. So that's all I have for today. Next week on Bible Study, we will be talking about Lot's descendants and that discussion is like ugh, it's so gross like ugh, but it really went down so I'm going to share it I don't know what revelation if any God will give me from that but I will share it and it's in Genesis 19 it's the last section before we move on to Genesis 20 and it talks about the descendants of Lot you can read it ahead of time it's not long at all it's verses 30 through 38 um, but we will be talking about it next week. I thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of Bible Study. I ask if you don't mind that you like, share, subscribe, comment, hit that notification bell. So whenever a new episode is released, you will be notified. You stay blessed and have a wonderful week. Thanks again for tuning in. You stay blessed. Bye.